This is a Handshake Agency podcast. G'day. Welcome to That Sucks. Presented by Handshake Agency. My name is Troy. I'm Dan Cribb. And welcome to episode number 49. We're getting there. We're getting there. The big 5 is coming up. Getting close to... Did you look up what 50 was? What are you going to wear? I've got a sequin ball gown. I knew it's going to look fantastic for the listeners. Um, how have you been since the last time we recorded, Daniel? Like an hour ago, pretty good. <laughs> for I mean, for, for us, it's been an hour. For the listeners, it's been like two weeks. I've been, been good. good. Have you uh, have you invented anything since we last recorded? Or you know, on the top off the top of my head, I can't think of anything I've invented. I've used some inventions. Oh, did you? Like the uh, mobile telephone? Did you use an invention? Use a toilet as well. It was pretty cool. Wow. I use the um, Did you use the, a, the, did you use the mobile communication unit unit on the waste facility? On the flushable waste facility? Uh what even are you talking about? Did you use your phone on the toilet? Um Yes. Remember we talked about on the on the gum tray um, episode that every phone is a toilet phone because I know it's so disgusting. If you go buy a secondhand phone, you know, people invented these things and you're just putting your poo fingers all over them. <laughs> My poo fingers, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty gross. But no, seriously, have you ever had an idea for an invention and thought I could make that. I'd make a lot of money. Yeah, I've had a lot of ideas that I thought would be really good, but I've had no motivation to do any of them. Do you want to maybe just, if you put some out here now, you legally own the intellectual rights to I them, I think of anything at the moment. I've had a lot of um, Podcast ideas. law, podcast law. Put it out now on the air and oh, it's yeah, yours. Yeah. That's an invention. You invented Podcast it. law? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So this, um, this podcast, as you may or may not be aware, is about when the things you love let you down. Yes. So Daniel, what is the episode about today? Inventions. Just inventions. Sh- just fucking shit inventions. I should have gleaned that from- Terrible inventions. The, the preamble here. And the Terrible title of inventions. the episode. Well, yeah, but I Dead don't know giveaway. what that the, Who reads the titles of podcast episodes? Nobody. Do you reckon the Nickelback one got us more or less listeners? More. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty definitive, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we know that. Well, yeah, let, let's let's get into it. I want to start with- um, Wait, are we going to do a deep dive? It's a, Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive. Is um, there a lot to unpack here? Was we, Yeah, we're going in deep, unpacking it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start with a little little quiz here. Can you tell me all of Homer Simpson's inventions from that one episode? Uh, okay. So, there's the shotgun makeup one. Mm-hmm. There's the automatic hammer. Yep. Uh, there's the chair with the legs where he, he swings the backwards. Safety legs, yeah. Safety legs. Um, oh, what else is there? Those are the main ones I can think of. You know what? I, I didn't look it up. I've, I got the exact same ones. Really? Yeah. The ones I missed were the ones you missed. The lazy man reclining toilet chair. You know how it's like <laughs> a, a recliner with a hole in it? Like yeah. you go to the toilet there. <laughs> and um, the other thing was the everything's okay alarm, which uh, is an alarm that emits a piercing squawk sound every three seconds unless something isn't okay. <laughs> so those were the, I guess he had five main inventions on that episode. Right. That's funny. But yeah, I, I, it's funny. I thought of the same three you did. Yeah, we must be in sync. Yeah, great inventions, you know? Pretty but, uh, good. Yeah, it seems that it's almost impossible these days to have an original idea. I know. Right? Unless it's podcasts. And then everyone's got one. Everyone's got one and you got an idea. But you know what? Just when I thought that I'd seen everything, something popped up in my feed. And, you know, I wanted to- Did it pick your interest? It just made me f- pick, literally, someone was picking something. Somebody was picking something. Do you want me to send you this? Yeah, send it to me. Have a little looky at this. We're doing the old, uh, I send you a video, you describe it. Oh my God, I'm, I know this one. <laughs> so this is the guitar that's made out of the human skeleton. An actual human skeleton, yeah. There's this dude shredding like a metal song on it. So the, like, the body of the guitar is like a, the rib cage, right? And yeah. then the neck's coming out of the top of the rib cage. And he's playing a black metal song as well, which is pretty funny. That gives new meaning to the genre death metal. 
think Joe, Dark Throne's a black metal band, so it doesn't quite work if you're into heavy metal subgenres. But yeah, I, I understand. Just let me have point. this. Fine. Yeah. So Finally. that's anyway. Let's let's talk about what the fuck that is. Yeah. So, so it's a guitar uh, made out of, out of an actual human skeleton. Yes. It's a guitar made out of a human skeleton. So, how much research did you do on this? I tried to Google a lot of stuff. I couldn't find anything that said it wasn't. But by that tone, I assume that you've, <clears throat> you have other information. Um, okay, so this is interesting. I well, let me. Sorry, sh- sh- should I go through the the history yeah, of we'll tell how, pe- how it unfolded and then tell people what you know? So, so G- Guitar World kind of broke this story mm-hmm. at the start of the year about this Florida YouTuber slash musician named. Prince Midnight, who allegedly made a working electric guitar from his uncle's skeleton. Yep. They spoke with him and he said that his uncle Philip passed away in Greece in the 90s and his skeleton was donated to a local college. And then after 20 years, it was sort of, they were done with it and it ended up in a wooden box in a cemetery in Greece and the family was paying rent on it. So I guess it wasn't buried. And then they were like, well, we don't want to pay rent, send it back. He got it to America and then he told Guitar World, um, I got the box of bones from Greece and didn't know what to do with them. Bury them, cremate them, put them in an attic. All seemed like poor ways to m- memorialize someone who got me into heavy metal. I know, I'll turn it into a guitar, which apparently proved to be challenging. He created the Philip Skelly caster. And I looked everywhere. I was like, that can't be real. There's got to be, that's just gross and weird. And what do you know? Well, yeah, so... How does the, the the body of the guitar is the rib cage? Is that's how it works? Yeah, yeah. Um, he says there was a few n- notes he told um, Guitar World. He said you have to strum inside the rib cage, so there's no sweeping chords like Pete Townsend of the Who, and you can only strum as wide as the the ribs will allow. Now this story broke. I want to say the end of last year or the start of this year. Start of this year. Start of this year. Okay. And this is one of those stories <laughs> that. Um, if it hit Guitar World and then the greater internet, internet community yeah. kind of grabbed onto it. So there's a, a YouTube show that I watch called Internet Today. And I've been watching it for a couple of years. Um, to I've sent you some clips from Internet Today. I've sent you that Bob Ross one. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ricky and Elliot. So I watch this show like on and off and they always cover these like, we- like weird news stories. They've got a, a segment. Uh, they've got a uh, show once a week called Weekly Weird News. And that's how I first heard about this story. And I believe... When they first discussed it, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's this guy made a skeleton guitar and all this sort of stuff, which if you think about it, sort of, you, you can imagine a human body and how a guitar, how you could sort of make that work. Like if you think about it, even without seeing that image, like, oh, okay, yeah, the body of the guitar, it's something wide yeah. yeah, that can work. I mean, from a practical sort of sense, I don't know how you would really get this, the um, spine rigid enough to do all this sort of stuff, but it kind of almost doesn't seem impossible. Now, I, I would need to double check the facts on this, but from my recollection, they these the internet show, they discussed it one week and then a week or so later, they said, oh, we've had some updates on this story. And it yeah. was that this guy is a YouTube prankster or that it's a character that he has on YouTube. But that, that makes he's- sense, given what was the character's name was Prince Midnight. Yeah, so largely the thing is bullshit. He might be a heavy metal fan and stuff, but he um he has done like, some of these like really weird elaborate pranks yeah. as different characters, you know, that's, that's kind of what's happened. So in terms of making a skeleton guitar, it's a cool idea, like for a black metal type of a, um, but it's not a real human skeleton, not a real human skeleton, or if it is, then I don't know if it's his uncle. And I think the story around it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Cause it seems almost what family would be okay with that. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's, um, laws around doing that. If it's like, 
disrespectful or to to turn a human body into something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe not. That's what I was thinking. It's like, but if yeah. it's legit, it just seems a bit off. Yeah. But as a YouTube prank, that's complete. Got the world talking. So, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I find interesting is, and why I was, I couldn't really verify it and wasn't sure if I wanted to believe it was every other article was based off that first interview. Yep. There was nothing else about it outside of that. Yep. And that's when you're kind of like, wouldn't there be other interviews or other videos or wouldn't he have made a bigger deal out of this or... Yep. So, yeah. But it's it's kind of funny if you think about it that this is the first human skeleton guitar that we've heard of because it feels pretty metal. Even yeah, as a like, oath. Even as a... A concept, like, even with a fake one before that, where, like, someone doing it for a music video or something, you'd think that that would have been done. It probably has been done, right, in a music video. I don't like- know, but, like, no one's talked about it. Like, the- if they had, it would have come up in these articles, but I don't believe anyone's done it in this specific way. So, maybe he was being so, like, gung-ho about it being real. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, what do you reckon? So, do you reckon that's a good or a bad invention? If it's legit, good or bad invention? Are we going to do this with all the inventions that we talk about? Good well, or bad? Well, no, this is a little segue into uh, the, 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 the segue. Okay. Yeah, the, the actual segue. Okay, well, then I'll good just Good or say bad invention? The guitar. The, the guitar, I'm going to say a good invention because I like really stupid-looking guitars. So, I think it's kind of cool. There you go, bang. All right, well, let's let's move on to- Wouldn't uh, play it, though. Time posted uh, what they believe to be the 50 worst inventions of all of all time. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to get your vibe on these. The, the segue. The OG segue? The OG segue, which you might, uh, you know, when I think of the segue, I think of uh, Joe Job. Booth. Yeah, Joe yep. moving around. Uh, I've never been on one. I know you could do it. There's like places that will do like Segway. You know, you get to ride a Segway for half an hour or something. Yeah, yeah. Hire them out like kind of like how you'd hire bikes. That's about 25 minutes too long. Yeah. Good or bad? I think it's a good invention. I just don't think it's really proved successful. It's not for you. It's um, uh, Look, it would be for me if it wasn't so expensive. But I mean, there's some pretty glaring, um, glaringly stupid design aspects. Like you can't really go upstairs with them. So that's unfortunate. That's what you think. You know what? You can go down a bunch of stairs with them. <laughs> All right. Farmville, the mobile game. That's on their list. That's on their 50 really? worst invent. Like, and nothing like nuclear weapons or anything on the, the list, but Farmville's on the list. I don't know why that makes it. I never played Farmville, so- Yeah, it's like they're all know. the same. They're all shitty games, right? Yep. Take your money. Uh, Crocs, the footwear. I've never owned a pair of Crocs, but as I understand it, very, very comfortable. So, there you go. Al Pacino. You know Al Pacino? Yep. Loves Crocs. Well, Big each fan. to their own. Bloody heck. Big Crocs All right, let's do, let's do another quick lightning round. Clippy mm-hmm. from Microsoft. I, I never, ever used Clippy. <laughs> P- people fucking hate him, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Terrible invention. Shout uh, out Jeff May for Clippy, but go on. Tamagotchis. Ooh, Tamagotchis. Had one. Uh, liked it at the time. Uh, they, they, they're making a comeback. I saw some at the shops they? today. Yeah. Wow. You should have bought one. So, they can't be that fucking bad in an invention if they're back 2021. I think that's a fine invention. And the big one, auto-tune. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on auto-tune. Great invention. Amazing invention. The fact that they made that on the list at all is ridiculous. It's a bad- Your worst invention. Uh, Is that the worst one on their list? It's not the worst one. There's no order to the list. It's just just a list of 50. Do you want me to go on a rant about auto-tune? I'll save it for later. No, please do. You want me to- Okay. Well, actually, first of all- Go on. You record all of my vocals. How much auto-tune do you use on- um, on me, or is that not a is is the correct is that not really a good answer answerable? I've used question? a lot on I me, have, yeah. Oh. But the thing is, when you think of auto tune, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking of auto tune like T Pain and Share for that vocal effect sound, or are you thinking about auto tuning in the sense of pitch correction? So 
I think of it in the sense of pitch correction. Yeah. And I think the wider public thinks of it as, in, as pitch effect. correction. So, which I, it, as, no, see, I, I would say that the wider public thinks of autotune as being an effect, like a T-Pain effect. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll just quickly for like, anyone. Uh, like, so, um, Post Malone uses it a lot, right? A lot People of like modern that. like rap, like SoundCloud it. rappers use. Yeah, use it. Yeah, yeah. Because it gives a, uh, I guess, a almost glitchy sort of sound to a vocal. Um, yeah, it adds pitch to something that isn't pitched. I I thought the argument was it makes legitimate. Musicians sound a little robotic, and that's why people hated it because it takes the life out of you know, like proper, so to speak. That's vocals. One way of thinking about it, but it's not really the way I like to think about it. The thing is, like, this is not like secrets, but in terms, auto tune is just a tool like anything else. When I like right now, we're recording, we're recording a podcast into Pro Tools, and Pro Tools is the editing software that I do all of the podcasts with, that and all I, I do all my music recording with. Cats production. out of the bag. I know, right? During the podcast, not that you'd hear it, but there's like several, several edits that happen because Dan or I might uh, pause for too long or we might okay. stutter. Um, 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 yeah. um, Dan, there might be, um, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places that I'm just going to be trimming out parts of our talking because they are annoying to listen to or whatever. So I use the tool to do that and strip it out. So within audio, audio production, there's just like tools that you use to, to solve certain problems. That is one of them. One of them is auto-tune because some singers maybe sing a little sharp or a little flat as they sing, which is something that has been changing over the course of the last 20 years since the capability, or actually it's been 30 fucking plus years that people have been able to tune vocals, which to tune is to manipulate the pitch. So if someone is singing too sharp, then you just make it slightly flatter. If they're singing too flat, then you can bring it up to pitch. So I know this description is kind of long and I'll probably trim this one down. But um, it's just a tool. Sometimes you can have singers that have got like an incredible tone. The way they sing and the way they deliver words can be really, really great. But if they get too excited, they might sing too sharp or they might sing too flat. That It, it doesn't mean that it devalues the performance by bringing it up into pitch. Yeah. It's sometimes just easier. Like I would prefer, I've had this discussion with several people. I would rather like, and so for you, Dan, that you sang something where you screamed it out and it sounded really good and like really emotional and it was a little sharp and I'm like, fuck, it's just a little edgy on the pitch or there's like one little blip in it that I need to get rid of. I'll just turn that right down and it will sound like a much cleaner, clearer note, but it will still have the intensity to it. Yeah. Rather than get you to sing the same note 40 times to get something that sounds the same, but is more in pitch. Yeah. Because that was either going to ruin your voice or waste all of our time, or waste all of the money that the artist is playing to, uh, paying to work uh, yeah. to, to the production. So again, it's a long description, but the thing is, like, and could you when you do things like that, can the average Joe hear the auto tune in that? No, most of the time, no, unless it's a big. You if can it's, if it's yeah, but you 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 know, there's been times where you're like, let me try, like you'll try and pitch something, and then you go, no, do it again because you know, like, no, it's it's too far out. Yeah, there's the thing is like auto tune is not going to make a terrible singer an amazing singer. Like you're not going to turn. I don't know. You heard my records. <clears throat> uh, no, you're not going to turn someone that has no sense of pitch into a great singer into a Mariah Carey by using auto tune. Well, it's not you really can tell when that happens because they say, it sounds like a T Pain effect on yeah. a singer that shouldn't have that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when like earlier probably going back 10-ish years when I was doing like starting to work with auditioning quite a lot I didn't really understand how to use it correctly so I would definitely say I was guilty of doing too much whereas nowadays like I would I might tune te- I did it today I tuned 10% of a vocal performance um, yeah. instead of tuning 90 to 100% of it because it didn't need it because my ear is now 
hearing things differently where I'm like, oh, cool. I don't need everything to be bang on a pitch because I like to have a bit of character. Mm. It's all taste. And the thing is, again, it's a tool. It's like, why do you use a hammer or why do you use a saw or why do you use fucking a pair of tongs or whatever? Sometimes it's appropriate to do something and makes your life a little bit easier to do it, like, do it that way. Mm. So you can overdo it. It's about the taste of the person using the tool as to how they use it, how much or how little they use it. So Autotune is a really, really great invention. What it, it is though is so identifiable as an effect and yeah. it has such a bad association with artists that people maybe don't like, for example, T-Pain or Cher. Um, the song Believe was in 1998 was the first time yep. it was really kind of the public were exposed to it in a song yep. and people just fucking lost their minds. And I remember- um, Actually, can I, can I sing that line and you auto-tune it so everyone can hear what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, go on, do it. Do you believe in life after love? All right, I'll audition that. I have the capabilities to do that. I watched a video in the early 2000s, early, yeah, it must have been early 2000s, and it was the engineers that worked on that that track. Yeah. And at the time, the interview was a little old. It was from the late 90s, I believe, or the early 2000s, but- Nobody knew what that effect was. It was very secretive. Yeah, yeah. And so they went to, the, even in this video that I watched, and this is probably pre-me doing music production, there was um, great lengths that they went to to be like, oh, so we took this melody and we did this painstaking process. they say it was process. a vo- vo- vocoder or they said it was like- um, Yeah, vocoder and there was other- They said it was a different thing. Yeah. And, and everyone really, believed it. It's just auto-tune like- with like a, a immediate like retune speed, basically. So it's very, yeah. it's very easy to do now. Like, and everyone- has worked it out. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that how, so T-Pain, because I think I, I've heard a lot, looked into Autotune a lot and because T-Pain knew what it was and no one else did, he would get executive producer credits on albums and if you wanted that effect, you had to come to him and record with him, right? It used to be a box. It wasn't like software. Um, it was like a, a hard- well, was like everything back in the day was- well, Yeah, but I mean, back hardware. in the day, we're talking like late 90s, early 2000s, not even- But even like then 20- everything, things were still majority like- yeah, we didn't have the. Uh, it wasn't as Hardware. easy as doing in Pro Tools. Like I will do to your voice, as you said, but it was. Um, Should we do this whole segment in um, Autotune? <laughs> no, let's not do that. That would be <laughs> terrible. It, it's like it's not that difficult to do, provided you have the box and you set it up to do, do it in the incorrect way, which is to like not be transparent. The incorrect way, like. Well, the thing is, like to to use Autotune in what would I, I would consider the correct way is to make it transparent, so you don't hear that something's being tuned. Yeah, it just yeah, sounds gotcha. like a really like in pitch singer. You're like, damn, this this person can sing. Yeah, exactly. So it's again, it's transparency is is the ideal way to do it, and the T Pain effect is to do the opposite. It's just drown just, it in yeah. auto tune. Anyway, this is a long detail. Sorry for everyone that's not interested in talking about music production, but fucking auto tune's awesome, and it's so useful, and I use it every day. Well, there you go. Time, get your shit together. Yeah. You want to know what else is on the list, and I think we can all agree is complete and utter crap. Is it ad reads? Oh, oh my God! You, you know what? You and this segue stuff is getting so good. Let's take an ad and then talk about pop up ads. <laughs> Gee, you didn't, you didn't even know what was coming I up, didn't know and you said coming. that. All right, let's do this. All right, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You know what sucks? What? The NRL. That's a hot take. That's not the only take. And you know what doesn't suck? Tell me. The take with Willie Mason on the Handshake Agency Network. That's right, ex-NRL and Australian international player Willie Mason discusses all things rugby league. You don't have to be a fan of the sport to get sucked into the podcast. But don't just take our word for it. Head over to thepodcasts.com.au now and listen for yourself. And we're back. We are back. Coming in hot. That was that was brilliant. You, you know, pop, pop-up ads. You know, that's that's where I'm coming at. That's on the timeline. Do you list. mean like when, pop-up ads like when you're surfing the internet? Yeah, when you, you know, when you're surfing the web. 
when you're surfing the the the, the World Wide Web. Yep, I've been, been on there before. I had a sorry when I was in high school, um, I was on the computer with a friend of mine, and we had like this this pop up ad came up, and it was this like woman in a bikini, and there's a plane. It was like winter holiday, and we just heard this, oh boys, and we're, oh, <laughs> what? And the, the te- oh boys, yeah, I can't trust you. And we're like, what? And she was like, the, that's not what the school computers are for. <laughs> and I was just, no, this is a pop-up ad. Look, it says like win a holiday. And she was like, nah, nah I don't want to hear it. Fucking pop-up ads. Man, I have a very similar story to that. <laughs> uh, and it was probably like year nine or 10 at the school library. And I was like, I don't know, in class for some reason. Because, yeah. because you were in school. <laughs> well, yeah, I was in school. And I was sitting at the computer. And I'm pretty sure either a pop-up ad came up or I clicked a link that took me to the wrong webpage. And there was like- a scantily clad woman. Oh, yeah, accidentally clicked that link, hey? Yeah, but the teacher saw it and came over and was like, hit the back button. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because he's like, he just thought I must have been searching porn or something. So he's like, hit back, hit back. I want to see what you've been looking at. It was like nothing. I was doing a fucking school assignment. So you pressed back and there was nothing? Yeah, there was like a Google search or probably not even Google Google at the time. Alta Vista. (laughs) This is the early 2000s. But I actually had um, like related to that as well. So I want to get to pop-ups, but I I might've told you this, but in like year nine, there was a computer that I used to use in my digital imaging class, which was like a Photoshop class. And it was connected, the computer was connected to the internet. And I always use the same computer every week. And I got called into the principal's office. Uh, Again, this is like year nine. I got called into the principal's office like one afternoon. I was like, that's weird because I'm like a hell nerd kid and never got in trouble. And like, there's the vice principal and the teacher from my class. And like, um, yeah, so Troy, it appears someone's been looking at a lot of pornography on this computer. <laughs> and, was this uh, the same teacher that saw you earlier? No, a different teacher. Oh, wow. And so you're getting quite a reputation as a uh, Yeah. And I was student. like- I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Someone's been like looking at all this porn, uh, pornography. And um, and I hear from your teacher that this is the computer that you always use. And I was like, what the fuck? And I think I almost burst into tears because I was like so scared of getting in trouble. And it wasn't me. I wasn't doing that you stuff. You also don't want them to tell I your wish parents. I wish I could. Tell your parents you've been looking at porn at school. You're yeah. like, oh. It turned out this was this other kid. He was just out like downloading heaps and heaps of porn. I think he was burning it onto like discs, <laughs> like um, CDs, and then like selling it to other kids. You ended up copying the blame. He got he, he reaped all the benefits and got none of the fallout. Have you got any more on pop up ads? Oh, I cut you off. Obviously, someone invented the pop up ad. Yep, and it was this this American dude called uh, Ethan Zuckerman. Oh, it's always um, an American dude. So yeah, his name's Ethan Zuckerman, and um, I've heard him on a few podcasts over the years. So in 2014, he said sorry in an article on the Atlantic, and that kind of blew up everywhere. Like the guy who invented the pop up ad is sorry. Right. And so he kind of recalled how it came about, like its origins in that same article. So in the late 90s, he worked for tripod.com. Do you remember oh, that? I remember it was tripod, like yeah. it was a, it was a web page hosting provider. On that article he said, it was a way to associate an ad with a user's page without putting it directly on the page, which advertisers worried would imply an association between their brand and the page's content. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we came up with it after a major car company freaked out that they had bought a banner ad on a page that celebrated anal sex. <laughs> I wrote the code to launch the window and run an ad in it. I'm sorry, our intentions were good. And it kind of blew up from there. That was bad. Pop-ups I don't think about so much anymore because I think pop-up blockers came into browsers in like the mid-2005, yeah. six sort of thing. And after that, it was like, oh, pop-ups aren't really something I worry about so much anymore. But yeah. there was a time... Like Internet so Explorer in like 2003, 2004, Jesus Christ. And you go to click exit and it opens five more. Yep. I actually emailed Ethan. Did you? Saying, you want to come on the show? And all I got was just 
after that, just bulk spam emails and, <laughs> and pop ups. But um, infinite pop ups. Well, yeah. So, do you want to end on a couple of funny ones here? Yeah, I'd love to. So, there's. Have you ever heard of the Euro Golf Club? No. That's Euro uh, for urine. Oh. It seems like it's a parody um, item, but it's actually a legit product. Wow. Let me let me send you this uh, their ad so you can have a watch of that. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so let me just describe. It's a golf club with a very large-looking handle, and then you throw a towel over the whole thing so people can't see what you're doing. That is ridiculous. I really hope that's a real product. That ad looks old. That yeah. looks like a 90s ad. Well, so this is the uh, official description on the website. How many times has this happened to you? You're playing 18 holes with your best buddies, drinking water, beer, sports drinks, etc. You're coming up to the third hole with no restroom in sight. There are no trees or bushes around and you just have to go. What are you going to do? The Euro Club is the discreet sanitary way for your urgent relief. Created by a board-certified urologist, it looks like an ordinary golf club, but it contains a reservoir built into the grip to relieve yourself. The Euro Club is leak-proof, easy to clean, and no more embarrassing moments. Okay, <laughs> why do you need a urologist to sign off on this? This is, That's not necessary. Well, he created it, so it's like he, you know, he's, oh he's like, I know God. what I'm talking about. He's, but you're a, right, right? Shouldn't, it's a, a hollow golf club. Yeah, like, shouldn't you be more worried about, like, the structural integrity of the golf club, not whether or not it's yeah, good? Yeah, I don't want a urologist designing. I want a fucking engineer to design that sort of thing. Somebody, So, all the comments below that video are great. It's, um... I had to put a don't use piss inside tag on mine. Another one is, what do you do if it gets full? Piss on the ground? <laughs> and then someone else said, I love how Euro is written in yellow. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so funny. Like that's, uh, That seems like one of those, like, it's a real product, but it would only be purchased as like a joke gift for someone. Yep. Because couldn't you get done... Isn't that illegal to do that? Even if it's like like pissing in public like that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't know what I don't know what the law is around that. I guess you're not exposing yourself. Yeah, but like you're not. Ex- I don't know. It, it doesn't seem legal. Yeah. That's hey, good- if you uh, know the legalities of that, can you shoot us an email? That sucks at the podcast.com. Did he? Yeah. Because we would love to know. I'd love to know. I'll get I one can, for my family. Yeah. If it's legal, I'm going to be. I know Next what I'm, Christmas. Uh, Christmas is sorted. If that's if that's legal. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of gross, right? Yeah, I don't think I'm down with that. But I want to I want to finish with something that's currently in development. Tell me, I won't tell you. I'll show you. I want to show me. Blow your fucking mind. Bag fish, fish bag. <laughs> oh, oh, that's weird. So this is an empty glass tank that you put your fish in. It's like a it's like a portable fish tank with a handle on it. Oh my god! So you just take your fish for a walk. That's what it looks like. It's a, so it's a it's a decent sized transparent tube with a handle on top and a gauge that monitors the oxygen level in the water. I guess there is no reason for this. Well, it looks dumb as shit, and all the articles in Australia and stuff are like, "Want to take your fish for a walk?" Before you you give me any more details, the only thing I can think of is as a service animal. Maybe you want to take your fish. Like you've got a uh, what? Are the, you know how people have like dogs that are like. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like people have dogs that are like their com- their um. I've got my uh, comforter my, thing. I've got my I've got my uh, support trout with me. Support, yeah. My so that's that's exactly the my only support reason. trout. But even like, yeah. So maybe I guess you can move a, a fish like that. But all the fish in these are fucking huge. They're like they're so like, the fish can't move. Like they're like they're not. So the it's a decent sized glass tube, but the fish like cylinder. The fish are like fish that you'd 
buy at a restaurant to eat, yeah. like big fish. You would go fishing for this fish. It's not like a bunch of goldfish. This tube's probably the size. I'd say, I'm, I can't think of anything. Like, you know what it is? It's about the size of a small fire hydrant. Yeah, yeah, on exactly. On side. Yeah. And it's got a, a big fish that takes up at least like three quarters oh, of the actually, size of the like tank. Actually, probably like a normal sized fire. No, sorry. I was thinking of a um, fire extinguisher. Yeah. So oh, maybe, it's, yeah. It's, like it's a little bigger, bigger than a fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if okay, if you had- a few goldfish to put in this, then maybe, but the fish is not going to be able to do anything. What happens if you drop it? Yeah. <laughs> but yep. even that, it's like a fish is not going to get the sense of like being in the in the real world in the ocean cool. by just Whoa. walking around a fucking portable fish tank. Are you kidding me? What is the point of this? Okay, so it's a portable fish tank called the Katsugo Bag, and it's being developed in Japan because they eat a lot of raw fish over there. And if you've got a live fish okay. and you transport it from one place to another- it's going to be super fresh when you eat it if you kill it right away. So, all right, well that's fine. I guess about, that makes a bit, bit yeah, more sense. So it's not meant for like walking your fish because that just sounds like animal cruelty if you're walking around with yeah. this fucking fish in a. And they're not fish you keep as pets. No, they're like fish you look at and you're like that should be at a fish market or yeah. in the ocean, not even, a goldfish. But even then, have you seen like how big those tuna are that they they cut up in Japan? They're yeah, yeah, fucking huge, man. It's nuts. They're like the size of a person, if not bigger. I never realized that they were that big, and you get so much meat off it. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, um, so the on the, so their official Instagram page, which funnily enough, I just discovered all their images have been removed. So who knows if what's going on there? Yep. Maybe we've been duped again. Yeah. Um, the tagline on their Instagram is "We are working to spread live fish." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Katsugo <laughs> bag. It's very appreciated. No word of pricing yet, but what do you reckon one of those bad boys would set you back? $250, $200 maybe, It's like some serious equipment, right? Yeah, it looks solid. It's got like like a gauge on top and- If you dropped that, it wouldn't break. Or it would take a bit to break it. Yeah, yeah. if if you dropped it, the concrete would crack and the fish would be fucking scared shitless. Yeah, be like, what's going on? What the fuck? Just- Please take me to the ocean. Oh, my God. Well, thank you for that, Daniel. I really appreciate it. That'd be in your nightmares. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about today? I think that's everything that's ever been invented. So yeah, it's probably I reckon pretty accurate. That's pretty good. But if, if we've missed any inventions, you're going to email us at thatsucksatthepodcasts.com.au or let us know what you want to hear an episode on. If you've got a cool idea, because apparently when I come, come up with ideas, they're no good. They're so not good at all. If you submit an idea... We'll have a we'll have a riot, you know. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a hoot. Sounds pretty bloody good to me. All right, Dan. Well, thank you very much for that. If you like uh, what you hear, subscribe, like. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Troy Nabobon. I'm I forget my handles, but just look me up. And if you want to hear more about that sucks and all the other great shows on the Handshake Agency Network, you want to go to thepodcasts.com.au. Bookmark it and do that thing where you create a shortcut on your desktop. Yeah, it will really really help. That's great, you know? Cool. And uh, we'll get the pop-ups pop-ups out there soon. Yeah, we'll be popping up in your ads. Yeah. And all that all that jazz, so. Awesome. All right, well, yeah. we'll see you next time. See you on the flip side. Bye. See ya. That Sucks is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network. Presented and produced by Dan Cribb and Troy Neverbend. Recorded and engineered by Troy Neverbend. Executive producer, Craig Chewick. Theme music by Dan Cribb and Troy Neverbend.